Hey everyone, it's Seth Rudetsky. Welcome to Seth Rudetsky's Back to School. This week I'm with Patrick Wilson. Patrick and I met back in the 90s when we did this musical called Harmony, written by Barry Manilow and Bruce Sussman. And man, I just thought he was so hilarious back then and so talented and he's become the star I always knew he would be. This week we talk about, you'll hear at one point he said that because he did theater in high school, at one point his football coach nicknamed him like, you know, tap dance kid. Like, yeah, there's Patrick Wilson. He's like a real tap dance kid, kind of making fun of him. So I was thinking about nicknames I had as a kid. And well, the positive nickname I had, my family called me Zonk, Z-O-N-K. Because when I was a little kid, apparently I loved the song Honky Tonk Woman. You know, she's a honky tonk woman. But I couldn't really sing it. So my dad said I would just rhythmically say the word Zonk. I would just go Zonk, Zonk, Zonk. I don't remember it, but my mom and my father always, they both call me Zonk or Zink. So I've always been called Zonk or Zink in my family, which is like a fun nickname. (laughs) However, when I was older, my nickname was Ollie. When I went to musical theater summer camp, not really for a positive reason. Basically, I was in musical theater summer camp and of course was insecure. And I basically wanted all the kids to know I'd been in a professional production. So even though I was still a teenager, I wanted them all to know that I was indeed a professional. And the professional production I'd done was Oliver. So in my mind, I wasn't thinking, I want to make sure everybody knows. But I guess I talked about it a lot. And I guess I wore the shirt from the show because I'd done this production, by the way. I'd done Oliver. By the way, I'm the same as an adult, still bragging. But I'd done this production of Oliver when I was a kid at the North Stage Dinner Theater. And it was like such a big deal to me because I did get paid and it starred Shaney Wallace, who had played Nancy in the film. So it felt like such a big deal. My point is, obviously, I didn't realize it, but I did nonstop talking about it on the bus on the way to musical theater camp every single day and would not stop wearing the T-shirt that basically this guy named Maury on the bus, this trombone player, literally just nicknamed me Ollie from Oliver because I would not stop. I mean, it was relentless. So it was like, hey, Ollie. I mean... This is musical theater summer camp, but he went to high school with me. So my entire four years of high school, he always called me Ollie. And it was so mortifying because it wasn't based on, oh, my God, Seth's so cool. He was an Oliver. It's, oh, my God, Seth's so annoying because he won't stop talking about that. He once did a three-month production of Oliver. Hey, Ollie. Oh, my God. It was so embarrassing. All right. That's my story. Here comes Patrick Wilson. Dreading morning classes. Stealing bathroom passes. Football. Drivers and SATs. Bullies that attack me. Why do I have Patrick Wilson! Yeah! Hey everyone, it's Seth Rudetsky. I know you know my guest today from Angels in America, the scary conjuring, the scary Phantom of the Opera. So much Broadway, so many high notes. The one B flat he nailed, fashion from Annie's despair. Anyway, at least so inside. It's pretty close, right? I think so you're a little low. I know. I was marking. It's the amazing Patrick Wilson. Hi, Patrick. Hey, buddy. How are you? It's all good. I've known Patrick since the late 90s when we did a Barry Mallow musical together, and I thought he was hilarious, and he still is. And I just realized I mentioned the late 90s, which was not much after you graduated high school. What year did you graduate high school? Graduated in 91, so I can still say I was in school in the 80s. Late 80s. And where did you graduate high school? What school? Shorecrest Preparatory School. That's the important word. Preparatory. Prepared me 
for life in the arts. Um, and I went there from fourth grade on, but we had like 300 and something in our high school. So I think my class was like maybe 50, something like that, 40 something. This sounds like a private school. Yeah. My dad was a TV anchor and moved around a lot. We were in public schools in St. Louis, but the public schools in Florida at the time were not up to my parents' standards. So they put me in private school and I just stayed there the whole time. It was good. 50 kids. That means that like the most hated kid is hated by like me was hated by 49 other kids. That's a nightmare. You have no chance for friendships. Well, the other side of it is the cliques weren't as divided or as distinct, I would say, as some of my, when I talked to my other friends in their, you know, cliques in school, because we all did different things. Like I played sports and I was in theater and I had my theater friends that just did theater, but then I had my jock friends who I'd known forever and even they would dabble in theater. So from that perspective, I got to say it was pretty fluid. You know, we'd have the lead of the play. She was also like the head cheerleader or whatever. You know what I mean? So we all kind of did everything, which left that sort of side of it, the clicky side of it. I mean, we still had that, but it wasn't as sort of divisive as I've heard other people's experiences were. You're so super handsome. Were you a prom king? Thanks, fella. Uh, no, I wasn't. <laughs> I was on the court, <laughs> but, but the head football player got it. <laughs> Wait, yeah. what was your position on the football team? I was a wide receiver and I quit. The only sport that I played continually was soccer. It was a real big sports school and I played seventh, eighth, ninth grade football. Then I realized the guys that played football, like during football season, that's all they did. We had the fall Shakespeare, which I had to do. And my mom's, my mom was a choir director, which is how I learned to sing. So I always was the guy who, no matter what, no matter how important football practice was, you were leaving at 5.30 to go to choir practice. Like that was it. My mom really stuck to that. Okay, with that, I totally respect. I don't respect the football part, but yes, the choir practice. It's my show, my rules. Okay, so <laughs> thank you. Give me yeah. a typical day in high school. Who woke you up in the morning? What did you have for breakfast? Who made you breakfast? Go. Mom, mom, mom. Huh. So I got two older brothers, and they graduated high school in 86 and 87. So as soon as I went into high school, all of a sudden, here I'd been the youngest, still the youngest, but I'd been like the baby you know, that they had taken me to school forever. And then all of a sudden, my high school experience, I was like only child. It was a big, empty hole in the family. And my dad, because of my dad's work schedule, he was there on the weekends a lot, but he would, you know, he did the news at 6 and 11 every night. So he would never wake up before I would go to school. So <laughs> that just wasn't happening. So my mom was super, super, super involved in my life. It sounds lonely, though. It wasn't like a big boisterous house anymore. It wasn't. It's true. It wasn't. It took a long, that's why we, you know, we got a dog and I had, I had really good friends. I wasn't like sad about it, but it uh, really theater for me, that became, they became my family. My jock friends and my buddies I had known forever. Yeah, they're still my great friends. But those theater friends, they were my core. They really defined my experience still to this day. So I think that never changes. You know, those people who really sort of operate from inside out like us artists so you you find those people quick that was my experience i mean overall it was a you know i had a pretty easygoing experience i gotta say it doesn't sound like you had a lot of insecurities either not in high school i really i really didn't like ignorance is bliss really um it really wasn't until i got into college that you sort of just oh, oh okay okay maybe i'm not the biggest fish here i'm a little you know my teeth were a little you know 
need better teeth and blah, blah, blah. People have vibrato. And I was like, straight tone guy, that kind of stuff. Like, oh, okay. Oh, these guys are really good. Okay. All right. So then you just got to step it up, step up and become a movie star. <laughs> you don't have any high school musical style. Like you're doing theater. You're gay, man. I don't think anyone ever called me gay. I think because I was pretty good at both. It was kind of like, am I going to make fun of me? Like I'm, it's not like I'm a terrible athlete. I was a good athlete too. So I do remember one time, one coach, it wasn't to my face, sort of backhandedly called me a tap dance kid. Like he was upset at something. Oh, that Wilson's a tap dance kid. I remember my mom getting really sort of fired up about it. And I was like, like, I wish I could. I was a terrible tap dancer. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, oh. It's actually a compliment. Really thinks that of me. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. Thank you very much. I think that's cool. <laughs> um, you know, it's funny. You bring up, and I know you kind of brought it flippantly, but like, oh, if you're, you know, the sexuality of it. When I think about the couple guys that didn't come out till later, I mean, nobody was out. Nobody. I just imagine what their experience was like in high school. And that just, you know. You feel like, did you have a part in not welcoming that? And you're like, God, I just wish we had a more open experience in high school. Because I know theirs was probably drastically different than mine. Sort of coasting through and like, this is fun. And, you know, the trouble you got in was just kind of stupid trouble. They were living a totally secret life that you didn't know about. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of getting in trouble, did you ever get in trouble? You kind of seem like a goody two-shoes. I wasn't in a goody two-shoes. The trouble I got in was just stupid, you know, just toilet papering things here and there and egging cars every now and again. Was that Halloween? I wish it was, you know, <laughs> no. Oh, well, it was one time it was, I was, did something really, really, really stupid. <gasps> yes. <laughs> so lame. Am I going to bring this? <laughs> so stupid. The one time I got suspended in high school. Yes. Yeah, it's true. It's a true story. My God, if my mom is watching and listening, she's like, why on earth are you telling this? But I don't care. It was just sort of a really stupid juvenile thing. It's going to seem dumb, but the repercussions were like, oh, is this really bad? There was a, we, we peed on the floor in a drain in the bathroom several times. It just seems more gross than stupid. But then you start thinking about like somebody's having to like clean this uh-huh. up and it's just crass and kind of gross. But we got caught. Like midstream? No. No, a teacher came in after we had left because apparently somebody else had been vandalizing the high school bathroom, which was not us. We were not into like vandalizing school. We were just being stupid. It was like a drain in the floor and you're just being 15-year-old boys. And anyway, so the call to my mom was like, your son has done something so disgusting and he's going to be suspended. And and it was just terrified. And she was like, what on earth has he done? And then... You know, they, they said, well, he, they peed in a drain. Then I remember my mom looked at me like, you peed in a drain? Like, what? what? And it was this just, just turd of a moment of like, what are you doing? One, thank God it's not something actually real. But, you know, everybody knew. So if like you got suspended for a day, it was like the biggest deal in the world. So me and my buddy, I think for like maybe several weeks had to like go clean bathrooms, which was fine. I learned my lesson. I think that was the extent of my trouble. Were you called like pee drain after that? (laughs) No, but funny that you bring that up. I do remember in a show, because I think I was a sophomore maybe, I remember the senior guys during the show going while I was on stage. (laughs) Oh, and I was so angry. 
God. Now I know what to do. I'm going to have a show with you in the future. Got the story. <laughs> what, do you remember something that really made you feel like a grown up for the first time, like having $20 in your wallet or something where you're like, oh my God, this is what it's going to be like to be an adult? I mean, for me, you know, high school is defined by a couple things. And without getting uh, maudlin about it, I guess, one of my best friends growing up passed away after high school, but so much of my high school experience it involved oh, wow. him. So when I think about that, even just the other day, I was passing by high school and I saw their parking spaces that were like, they paint the parking space. And I said to my son, I was like, oh, we used to, we did that. The seniors got their own parking space. And then of course it made me think, right, mine was next to Matt's. And I still remember the picture in our, cause we shared our senior page and we both sat there with our cars and, our, you know, both our parents' cars, but we thought we were cool. Yeah, of course. In our parking spaces. <laughs> um, so there's that. And then my dear friend Peyton, who's the one who got me into this really. Between my junior and senior year, I went to uh, BU, to Boston University Theater Institute, BUTI, in 89. Yeah, the summer. And that was really what did it. That was really what made me come back and go, okay, this is what I want to do. So everything then really shifted. Like my whole focus of high school really shifted. It was all about, you know, what school do I want to go to and how do I continue this, you know, for a life. And thespians, thespians for me was the first time that I could see how we fared outside of, um, outside of our little bubble. Was that a festival you mean? Yeah. Yeah. So we had our districts and our one act. So I think because of what I've been doing for the past 30 years, this stuff kind of comes up in interviews and you sort of think about those moments in high school that really defined you or when did you want to do this? And so much of that opportunity was given to me through thespians. We just had a great class. I think it was actually my sophomore year that we actually joined the thespian society. They didn't have that for maybe like 15 years. And we're like, we want to be in the thespian society. And then weirdly, like my two, like real substantial girlfriends that I had. I met through thespians and they went to other schools. I was like that guy. I like always get a girlfriend at Dunedin. You know, um, he's got a girlfriend in public school. No way. Um, She's a bad girl. Yeah. <laughs> she was a bad girl. Uh, yeah. So that defined a lot of it. I was always sort of, you know, we wanted to go to competition and state and then a one act festival. So it was always, we were always looking beyond our group. Such a theater kid. When you talk about girlfriends, do you remember your actual first kiss? Was it on stage? Or was it actually with a girlfriend? My first kiss was, yeah, that was, would have been, I guess, seventh grade. Yeah. So that was not on stage. Seventh grade? Yeah. I was like pre-bar mitzvah then with a bad Jufro. You were kissing <laughs> girls? <laughs> God, what a different life. Okay. Did you have a steady girlfriend in high school? Was it like, were you like, you know, Benifer, Patrick and... No, no. In fact, I was the opposite. I was... You were a I player? Was like a different girl, like for... Uh, well, uh, yeah, kind of, yeah. But but I didn't... When I had a girlfriend, I didn't like cheat on them or anything. But yeah, for a lot of the time, I was like... Every time there was a new a dance or something, it was always a different girl. But there are only 50 people in your class or there are 20 girls. So basically... I know. You had a limited amount of locals. <laughs> That's why I went outside the box. <laughs> um, I mean, most of junior year and then majority of senior year were two different girls. But yes, they were at different schools. Were you a big romantic where you're like, oh my God, I'm going to marry? No. No. And I think part of the reason 
this is so, this is like therapy. I do think that, you know, I went from those girlfriends to in college I had, you may remember my ex-girlfriend Holly that I had, like she always lived far away. Like I had a real thing for like 15 years where I was like, hmm, I never have a girlfriend who's either in my school or close by. Like what is this? You know, it was it really was until I met my wife. It was like my late 20s. I was like, I have done this for the better part of 12 years since I started dating. Like, and I think a lot of it sort of because I had my friends and my theater, and then I had the girlfriend over there. I was never one of those that was like part of the group. Does that make, does that make sense? Well, was it fear of commitment or was it like, I don't want my close friends to know who my girlfriend is, and I want to mix both worlds? I don't know. I don't know. I, I really don't know. I mean, it's not like I was ever hiding anything. I think later on, it just kept it separate. Like I did my own thing. I did my sports. I did my school. I did this. I didn't want to be bothered. Like when I wanted to deal with this, I went over here. Yeah, you compartmentalized. I compartmentalized quite a bit. You and Dagmar live in different houses, right? We do. Yeah, she's cross. <laughs> yes, it was a tough during quarantine. <laughs> Such a yes and. We do. And you know, you're talking about dating all these different chicks. Did anyone ever break your heart? What does it ever back oh, at yeah. you? Oh, yeah. <gasps> yeah. Why? Why would anyone ever break up with you? Like good grades, good looking, good at theater? Why? Because she got back together with her boyfriend that she dated before me and maybe during as I think about oh. it now. And then she went on to marry and they were married for like 15, 20 years. They just got divorced, actually. <gasps> In all fairness, she's an awesome girl. So clearly when she went on and got married to that guy, I was like, well, okay, well, that's the guy she was supposed to be with, not me. But yeah, at the time, it was terrible. How did she break up with you? Not through an email, it was pre-email. No, no she broke up with me. Oh, God, down at the marina, down on the water, and brought me down there. She did it in person. Wait, you thought it was a date? You're like, oh, my God, this is so romantic. And she's like, actually? God, I think because I've known you so long, I have no problem feeling like we're just talking. It's just the two of us. <laughs> so I had, um, we had spent a night together, mm -hmm. you know, and in my mind, I thought she had to tell me something. And then the side of me that now that because I'm a man, I felt like, did I, did I get her pregnant? Which I know I didn't, but mm -hmm. there was that side of me that thought that maybe I could have because certain events occurred. So I, I'm tense about, she's like, I have to tell you something. And I'm thinking, oh God, have I, I mean, at least I can say that almost feeling cool that that's a possibility that she could say you got, that I'm pregnant. And instead she says, I'm, uh, I'm breaking up with you. And I just, it, floored me. She's like, it's him. It's I'm getting, you know, back together with him. And it was horrible. And I came home and I just cried. Oh God. My mother comforted me and said it's okay. And it was just terrible. She just broke my heart. Oh, it was so sad. What about your baby though? <laughs> In my mind I was like, oh, so you're not pregnant. Which part of me was like, not that I ever wanted someone to be pregnant, but I was like, but I can. Like, that is a possibility. <laughs> Why is your voice so low? <laughs> well, now I'm a man. <laughs> so you got to cut. So lame. You were such a sports person. Any big injuries or accidents? You're not even sports related? We, oh, yes. No. I broke my leg playing <gasps> soccer about a week before the season started. And we had thespian competition. And I had this duet that I did with my friend Jeff. We had a, like a whole tap dance and the whole thing. And Wait I a said, minute. So you were a tap dance kid. 
I mean, tap dance like minute. shuffle time step. Not I'm on like, the coach's side. Go on. Okay. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, compared to everybody else, I was Gregory Hines. But right. you know, <laughs> but you know, I did it on crutches, and like we just kind of reconfigured it, and I did like one leg, and he danced, and um, the show must go on. Did you win? The show must go on. We did. Yeah. It was awesome. It's hard to vote against the kid in the crutches. That's trying to dance. Yeah. Poor thing. Now it's time for This or That. In this segment, I make my guest choose between two pop culture sensations from their high school years. TV show-wise, were you Cheers or Roseanne? Cheers. How come? Woody and Sam Malone. And then in terms of like quote-unquote lighter fare? Were you full house or who's the boss? Who's the boss? Who's the boss for back in a moment? Stick around. <laughs> so they would, he would say it every break. <laughs> Boy, were you who's the boss? No, I love I loved who's the boss. Well, wait, that was Alyssa Milano. So Yeah, we're talking about who you had a crush on and who's the boss? Yeah, now? yeah, 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 yeah. So she was on my locker. So like I had her picture. That was a big deal for me. She was on the cover of a, it wasn't even a TV guide. It was TV Dial, which was like the insert in the St. Pete times and i put it on my locker i remember where it was i had a big crush on her did you ever meet her never met her still haven't met her by the way my friend is obsessed with the sexism of who's the boss it's like you're employing me <laughs> but you're a woman who's the boss it's like, <laughs> that's so true she is okay now in terms of your future gay life were you more designing women or golden girls golden girls Ah, a true, true gay man. A true gay man. (laughs) Yes, yes, queen. Who was your favorite? Out of those ladies, who was your favorite? Probably Rue. Probably Rue McClanahan, actually. Why? Because you identify being a Southern belle? (laughs) A little bit. A little bit. Well, I felt like Betty White was, you know, hilarious. Estelle Getty was, I was like, I don't think she's that old. So, like, that was more like an acting thing. Right. (laughs) She's wearing a wig. Right. B was, of course, B. But Rue, there was something Southern that reminded me of my mom's sort of Southern heritage that made me feel like she was, she was the one. Okay, now in terms of singer-songwriters, were you a Billy Joel or a Phil Collins aficionado? Phil Collins. Phil Collins, because I grew up a drummer. So for me, that's a very short list of like real drummer-singers that inspired me, still do. Phil, for me, was a huge influence. Just a sort of nod to pop music, of which I know nothing about except for like Big Belters. Were you, quote unquote, Guns N' Roses, don't know who they are, or you too, don't know what they were saying? That's not true. You do. Do I? You know who that you do. I've you do. heard of them. <laughs> I mean, do. literally, that's where it ends. <laughs> I was much more Guns N' Roses. Who is that, Axl Rose? That is Axl Rose. Oh, yes, I still got slash. it for name dropping. You still got it. <laughs> um, yeah, I was much more... Guns N' Roses than U2. U2 was like the rock side of like the guys who are into like the Cure, alt-rock, emo, pop, Depeche Mode. You know, now I can love that stuff. But then it was like, I would play Sunday Bloody Sunday because every drummer has to learn that for every band in the 80s. Um, See, you're nodding your head. You know that song. Well, I was going to say, I was more saying every instrumentalist has to learn one thing. Like as a pianist, I had her learn, do, 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 entertainer. Everyone has one song they have to learn. That's right. So you have to learn that for, yeah, for Sunday Bloody Sunday. Every drummer has to learn that. This is High School Versus Now, where we find out how much my guest has changed since high school. Who was that big football player you said that was prom king? Rob Nelson. Okay. So if you're in high school and you hear Rob Nelson talking about you and he's like, 
Patrick likes Broadway. He's gay, man. Versus. <laughs> he wouldn't do it. Versus today, you read a review in the New York Times, and it's like, Mr. Wilson's portrayal in Little Children was very effeminate. What would be your reaction <laughs> in high school versus now? <laughs> I have never had a problem with someone calling me gay. Never. And a lot of that's because of Angels in America. And I was like, well, I hope you think I'm gay. I absolutely 100% hope you think I'm gay. And who was like your leading soloist? Who was like a lady soloist when you were in high school? The girl with the good voice. Peyton Craig. Yes. Okay. So you're in high school. You're getting ready for show choir. And you hear Peyton around the corner. She's like, oh my God, Patrick thinks he's all that, but he totally isn't. Oh. Versus they're making The Conjuring into a movie musical, but you still have to audition, but they let you come to the final callback. So <laughs> you're getting into your dance belt and you overhear Andrea Martin be like, oh my God, I work with Patrick. He's such a stage hog. And Kate Winslet is like, I know. Oh. So what would your reaction be in high school versus now? High school, I probably would have cried and I probably would have been like so deeply upset that someone would think that about me. If Andrea said, I would probably bust in the room and, and just give me an explanation. Just tell me when, tell me how, like, why, what did I do? What did I do to you? I, I have tried so hard, you know, I would probably get very aggro. Whereas then I probably would have just been like, really? Oh, but I thought we were friends. We would sing a little fall of rain together. I'm your Marius. <laughs> <laughs> Very sweethearted. <laughs> okay, my final thing is, so Patty, if anybody right now from your high school is listening, is there anything you would like to just say to your collective high school? My collective high school, oh my gosh. Um, overall, I loved my high school experience. And it was because of the people. It had nothing to do with academics or it was just all about the relationships that I made. And especially now in these times, make sure you know who your friends are and why. Because people that I thought I was very like-minded with these days, I'm like, wait, this is you? Were you like this then? There's a lot of that that goes on now. So so if you could say something in your high school, you'd say, please go back to the way you were acting back then? Please go back to the way you're acting back then. And rem <laughs> yeah, it just be open and cool. Yeah. And stop being a conspiracy <laughs> theorist. Okay. There's and that. If little Patty Wilson was listening right now, 15-year-old Patrick Wilson, what would you say to him? <laughs> Take more dance. Take more dance. Yeah. Has that been your biggest issue as an adult? <laughs> no, but, you know, uh, uh, I, I, uh, yeah, and you wouldn't have bombed that Starlight Express audition in 1993. Um, what would I have said? Oh, man, hang tight. Your voice will grow. It's just going to take longer than you think. There were several years there where I was kind of bummed. I just felt like I didn't have the range that I wanted. And don't worry about your hairline. You'll settle into it eventually. Just get through your 20s. <laughs> and what about those teeth? That's just money. You can fix them. That's easy. <laughs> <laughs> just, I'm asking for a friend named Seth Gatsky. Um All right, Patty. This was so fun. Thank you. So nice getting yeah. to hang out with you. We will hang out again in the future. Yes, we will. Seth Rudetsky's Back to School is produced by Sarah Esikoff. Our theme music was written by me, Seth Rudetsky, and sung by me and Maggie McDowell. Our band was me, Seth Rudetsky, Mark Schmied, Carrie Meads, and Jim Hirschman. This episode was mixed by Sarah Esikoff. Seth Rudetsky's Back to School is a Sirius XM production. 